some place in a map I clipped once and it was like some adjective. I think it was like twisted or something next to a town called liberal. And I think I put that as my Facebook (laughs) twisted T. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's liberal Kansas. Do you think, do you think that like they've lost population? They just, they just burn it to the ground every four or five years. Can't, can't be in that liberal kansas oh needy that's the that's the uh, that's the <laughs> that's the city that's next to it yes that's, that's what good. i made ne- that's needy liberal v- that's very good uh well and it's like directly west so it worked out in that like long thin bar of a headline perfect and when you're going west the liberals get more needy mm, yeah Ooh, ain't that the truth hey. or they continue to exist <laughs> Well, this is episode 78 of the Handsome Hockey Podcast. Thank you for sticking with us. Uh, Once again, we decided to just, you know, travel and live our lives. And then when we're done living our lives and we're bored, we make podcasts. Yeah, we're back in uh, needy, liberal Portland, Oregon. It was uh, nice and sunny today and we needed to go outside and we definitely didn't. So uh, we are needy for vitamin D. I had outside beers. It was great. Um, (laughs) Yeah. If All right. Well, thing, speak for yourself. If things I say today make less sense, there it's you go. It's because of the sun. It's because of sun and outdoor beers. Thank you, as always, for stopping by. My name is Jake, and across from me is... Evan! We're going to talk about the PHF. Um, we're actually going to lead off with that shit. Um, you, know what, you know what women can do that men can't do? Uh, Outside of the obvious, which is like everything. Ooh, I know. Start a thirst trap TikTok really easily. Okay, yeah, that's yeah, definitely can do that. Um, you know what they can also do? Bring a hockey championship to Canada. Oh wow! Uh, Someone did it. Eat shit, NHL teams in Canada. <laughs> um, you ain't doing it this year, and uh, well, I mean that's some shit talking. They technically can, but uh, they won't. No, uh, I mean like. We can we can just be honest about that fact. Anyway, uh, Izzy is in Canada for the first time ever. The Isabel Cup uh, handed out to the champions of the PHF was won by the Toronto Six in dramatic fashion. An overtime win over the Minnesota Whitecaps, uh, Evans Besties. Wah, wah. Yeah, I and you know Evan and I were texting about this, and it was like you know, if the Whitecaps were going to lose, at least they lost to not buff or not Boston. <laughs> yeah, and at least they beat Boston. Like yeah. you know, congrats to them. Like, well, turns out you can get a hot goaltender, and well, they have one. So it, yeah, good for them. Like, and congrats on a great season it was really exciting we are crowning a new champion and boy did they deserve it Teresa vanisova who i've been a huge fan of since i just watched i think it was like my first uh then nwhl game and was like who's that 
They're fast. I like them. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, uh, well, impact player. Well, it's a, that's exactly how I think you get engaged into any sport, really. Like, when I first decided, you know what? I should probably like soccer. <laughs> it was, like, 2005, and I was watching, uh, like, the the English youth teams play because <laughs> I knew, well, I knew in 2006 there would be a world cup and I wanted to like be excited about it. So I needed, I decided I needed a team and I was watching Aaron Lennon just run around like a crazy person being faster than everybody for the English youth setup. And I was like, who does he play for? Leeds United. What the fuck is that? Oh, <laughs> he got bought by Tottenham Hotspur. First off, he got bought. <laughs> Didn't um, we get rid of slavery? Uh, oh, that seems oppressive. Okay, but um, uh, Tottenham Hotspur, what's that going on? Oh, they're named after a Shakespearean character? English major, love. Hotspur? <laughs> yeah, oh, Harry Hotspur. Oh, I always thought it was a dick joke. Well, everything in Shakespeare is a dick joke. <laughs> That's true. Ain't that the truth? Um, yeah, I assumed that the moment you feel like you have to learn soccer is like before you go study abroad in Europe finding that one player is kind of like your gateway drug into a sport is what I yeah was. for real and for evan he dove in on uh he decided to be a minnesota whitecaps fan but also kind of fell in love with the style of Teresa vanasova which is super easy to do she's an incredible player and is so fun to watch it just does everything Very at an fast. insanely fast speed. Yeah, like like not to like compare anyone to the best hockey player in the world and Connor McDavid, but like there's an element of that to her no, game. Exactly. I mean, I was like, kind of not wanting to make that comparison, but since you went there, absolutely. Yeah, it's like she just stands out. Yeah, on the ice when you're doing everything at an insanely fast pace. Eventually, somebody just watches you and goes. I like you. I'm going to watch you play hockey. Well, and she's become, you know, more of a complete player over the past couple of years that we've been watching too. And I mean, arguably found her biggest moment in this final pocketing a goal in overtime off of the four check, like speed kills. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Teresa Vanisova has lots of it. And that was how she created the championship winning goal out of nothing. It's a quick four check in the corner and pulls the puck away from the white caps defender and then beats Amanda Levier. And it's just hard to do. Yeah. It's a self-made goal. Like there's, there's no help. There's no assistance. It's just Teresa Vanasova going, I I am going to do this. (laughs) What? Watch me do this. All your championships are belong to us. Exactly. Uh, I unfor- am I, I'm only basing all of these things, these statements from the PHF championship game on watching replays that I've found online because unfortunately, well, fortunately, but unfortunately, I was hanging out with my niece and nephew this weekend in California and didn't get to watch any hockey and missing the PHF championship game was a real bummer. Uh, one thing I will say about it is uh, it was not as well attended as you might think it could be. Like just looking through Twitter and other uh, the Reddit and other mediums, you, uh, you you realize that most people didn't know the game was happening, <laughs> and 
that's the real bummer because it took forever and a day for the PHF to decide to have their championship game or where they were going to have their championship game. Was that the thing? Like they were just taking too long. They announced it like six weeks ago. No, I know. I've just always wondered like why it was so delayed. So I'm wondering like, did they just take too long planning it? Like, did they have a heart? Did did maybe a stadium deal fall through? Like there seems like there must be some reason why people only got like a three week notice to, to where the championship was going to be and when like, you don't even have time to quit your job in this economy to <laughs> to get there. <laughs> they want six weeks. Yeah, and uh, well, first off, if your job wants six weeks, fuck them. True that. Uh, second off, like second off, that's not enforceable in most states. Yeah, and second, third off, like you also saw this with media who wanted to cover that game. Like you didn't give us enough time to get the tickets that were cheap to go. You're not paying. We're not being paid well enough. Right. To buy a $700 ticket to Tempe, like... I'm going to roll the dice on Frontier to see if I make it. And also, with all your limbs intact, like... (laughs) Like, Like I literally flew here with my arms. (laughs) Yeah, and, and like, on Frontier, they're like, okay, uh, what's... Have you ever flown a plane before? (laughs) And you're like, no, not at all. They're like, good enough. Get in the front. No, it's like... uh, you're up. It's like Snowpiercer, where they stick the person's plane arm out the side of the thing through a hole, but they're made to flap it. <laughs> but it's actually we the need en- to get to thirty thousand. Come on, it's the en- push it, people. It's the entire plane, <laughs> right? Well, it's one arm, one arm, and yeah, I mean, people, I, people, people don't want window seats anymore. <laughs> I've always been an aisle guy, so I I completely understand. Uh, if we if we fly to if we make that change. Uh, I'll be fine. Mm, I'll yeah, be uh, I'll be comfortable and warm. I love me some window seat, especially that left side, so I can just put the whole plane on mute. <laughs> um, but uh, in all seriousness, congratulations to the Toronto Six. Uh, they they were one of the best teams all year. Uh, you could make a, an easy case for them being the best team all year. Mm-hmm. And them in Boston were kind of neck and neck for most of the season. Showing that free agency works, showing that uh, you can retool a team pretty quickly in this league and win it all. And uh, also showing that you can start a team in this league and win it all within four years. How Three long? years. Three years. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, Montreal's got to Montreal's be like, on the looking clock. Their, looking <laughs> their jobs like, oh, we can win. Ooh, <laughs> yes. Um, so going from... How do you say Isabelle in French? Uh, Isabelle. <laughs> oh, well, bring her here. <laughs> so going from some great news about women's hockey to some pretty damning news about women's hockey, uh, Katie Strang... And Haley Salvian. And Haley Salvian both... Two of our favorites. Did a pretty awesome investigative reporting job talking about this very nuanced story uh, just about issues within the Harvard women's hockey program. And, uh, you know, they're they're kind of long-reaching consequences. I mean, Jenner and Block have gotten involved, the law firm that it investigates everything that Katie Strang and Rick Westhead seem to uncover. <laughs> so like, yeah, they're on retainer. Like Rick, we- Rick Westhead goes, uh, Hey, uh, I'm looking at this thing and 
Jenner and Block goes, uh, just let us know when you're done. <laughs> yeah. Just uh you, you got the you got the number. Can you give us a heads up? No? All right, that's fair enough. Yeah. Uh the their new Katie Strang and Haley Salvian's newest report is uh, largely centered around hazing and uh like a kind of a culture of uh malfeasance in mm-hmm. the the mm-hmm. Harvard women's hockey program. Uh Harvard are they good ac- academics? Is that how I know of them? No, you just get in if your parents pay mm. enough money. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's like isn't that right Aunt Becky? <laughs> um no, the Harvard women's hockey, who is famously coached by Katie Stone, who is the winningest women's hockey coach of all time, uh, at least in NCAA levels. I think she's been at Harvard for like 27, 28 years. Um, a lot came out about a this this culture of hazing, this culture of uh, really just kind of creating um creating a, a culture of uh awkwardness i it think it seems fratty yeah, yeah. It, it, like it, this seems like so they would have initiation week mm-hmm. which you know fine if you want to like lightly haze people like they do sometimes in the NFL or NBA and make them you know get things for lebron and stuff like fine but they did you know skits that made people uncomfortable put people in awkward positions um because it is i mean it's a professional environment so you have women that are coming in and they want to do their best job and they're made to be like put condoms on bananas like it's fucking health class and fake orgasms and uh i mean there's consume like- alcohol but consuming alcohol against your will like that's not something that should happen um so yeah it like Like open questions about players sexuality uh and kind of degrading them based off of their sexual proclivities yeah they Um, they, uh describe a naked skate uh at the hockey center which like sounds like fun in games until you hear that they were made to like slide naked on the ice like that's that's not cool i don't like Oh, making people get naked for camaraderie from a coaching level is also wrong. And it's wrong super from bushly. a uh yeah, I mean it is what frats do at yeah. uh state universities across the United States. Um you should not be able you should not be put through that kind of hazing bullshit to play a women's sport. To play a sport, period. Like we know hazing yeah. goes on in, in men's sports as well. And this shouldn't fly there either. You know, I I don't want to slide naked and get my junk on the ice. Like that's, that does not sound like a good time. And, uh, so yeah, it's known that like stone was aware of this and called it an unsanctioned activity. Um, and and obviously didn't punish anybody and seemed to be kind of the like distance ringleader of Mm -hmm. it all. And like, Players have also described a fine system, um, which at Harvard, I would imagine what fines would be in the like tens of thousands of dollars for being late. <laughs> um, and, you know, it, sometimes women would be fined for having a boyfriend or for the clothes they wore or whatnot. 
and uh, some players identified some racial uh, components to that, having to pay a gay tax or an Asian tax. I want to pretend we're past and beyond and above, but like as we, as Evan and I continue our descent into the doldrums of hockey, we realize it, like, no, 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 we're just we're we're just scratching the surface of the evil here, um, like. Everything that is presented in this article is like none of it is horrific. Like none of it gets to like the level of like rape or. Yeah. You know. I mean, I, I feel like this shit happens at investment banks. I mean, just extensions of frats. This happens but at like, your at your local key bank branch. No, yeah, like, uh, uh, like you know, th- describing like mental health hunger games. Yeah, you know, it's hard to make that titillating. Right, uh, you, like that's never gonna work up to the highlight or work up to the uh, the headline of naked skate. But that's the worst part of it is when you you create a culture of fear, hatred antagonism and you know kind of professional anxiety a you don't usually win very well uh you usually end up like mike babcock and in you know the the saskatchewan yeah right in the middle of nowhere pining away yeah. hoping to get in back into the nhl if mike babcock was a song by the guess who he would be running back to saskatoon <laughs> Not that we haven't made that joke in prior I episodes. I don't care, and I love that song. It's a great joke. Who gives a it's, shit? It is a good song, too. But yeah, if Jenner and Block comes a-calling, uh, generally, you're not going to have a good time. If Katie Strang is writing an article about your program, you fucked. And uh, I'm sure people are wondering... Where's Rick Westhead in all this? Why isn't he his byline uh, right next to Katie Strang and and uh, uh, Haley Salvian? And well, because Rick Westhead was busy, friends. Yeah. <laughs> Rick Westhead was busy uh, reporting on Admission Gate come to hockey. Um, apparently, the OHL commissioner has confirmed that they have hired their own investigators, not Jenner and Block, uh, to look at allegations that hockey parents paid. Their, for their children to be selected in the OHL draft. So for the uninitiated, this is going from like completely amateur travel hockey to uh, the junior system. So according to him, uh, three GTHL, that would be Grand Theft Hockey League. <laughs> uh, sorry, I mean, uh, Greater Toronto Hockey League coaches have possession of texts confirming payments upwards of $30,000. So like that's that's a small fine to a Harvard initiative. No, uh, uh it's Canadian, so that, that's just yeah. Pocket Katie change, Stone right? is like thirty k. Yeah, whatever. That's what, that's what kids get for being late. Um, but still, you for know, having like, an Asian boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. Um, at Harvard, who'd have thought? Never. Um, nepotism in hockey. Who'd have thought? Like, it, it's it's Aunt Becky, but on skates. Oh, Lori Lawlin, you minx. Um, she always looked very confused if she was like coming out of 
courthouses and then like going to prison she's like why am i here how could i possibly be here i was a rich actress who married a very wealthy man right we don't go to prison and i'm like it's like you could see her expecting the privilege to escape her from that situation it's like if you had been better at the bicycle boogie scene and rad (laughs) then this never would have happened but you know, you criticize crew for over rotating and <laughs> that's fucking embarrassing. And I'm just kidding. I love that movie more than most things on this planet. So whatever this it, it's just it, it's really fucking obvious. <laughs> yeah. It's like the OHL investigates the sky being blue. But at the same time, like the, this shit shouldn't happen. You just see like Principal Skinner with like his hand to his forehead looking over things and being like. Oh, things are bad? No way. I don't do a Principal Skinner uh, in person. Oh, the children hate me? Oh, they're wrong. Yeah, it must be. What's that that fucking meme? Uh, I don't know. Regardless, like this whole fucking thing is so obvious and stupid. And, you know, the, the OHL and the QMJHL have had their issues and like the Q just re um, just banned fighting, uh, which we think is a positive step, but like the backlash to that, that decision has been swift and very Karen esque. Um, this, this is just more of the same. Uh, the GTHL has had a bunch of issues come up in, in recent weeks and like, First off, it seems like Ontario just needs to get its hat out of its ass. Like, um, <laughs> but I, I, I think the big lesson here is that the corruption and the just filth in hockey is top to bottom. Yeah, and it's almost good that we're seeing more of these maybe smaller, more normalized things getting investigated, you know, whether it's hazing at Harvard or this, like, you know, these are things that unfortunately have become fairly normal to a lot of hockey fans and they aren't right. And so it's about fucking time that some of these things start to get reported on and investigated. And I think that does maybe represent a small possibility for progress at least the more fans who go oh they made him spread his urethra and shove icy hot into his dick as like a method of gaining ice time that seems fucked up the more people who say that the better Mm -hmm. right and so like if we can move forward in this and say you know what like this sort of bullshit just really doesn't fly and it doesn't it doesn't bring a team together it doesn't make the, that's the great misconception right mm-hmm. like hazing has never brought a team together like nobody's like man we need to rally around pete because he got a corn cob shoved up his asshole <laughs> nobody's ever done that like no and like, like in fact in my high school when things were alleged about the rival high school we like used that to our shit talking advantage and like brought the objects that were uh, associated with the endeavor to like mock them. 
Like, yeah. It, it, it's like, it starts this whole... Dildos fucking, on a pike. Right. It like, starts this whole fucking cascade of bad. And... I don't know. I, I just think that, like, if if you can't motivate a team without like demonizing somebody on that team, like you're, you're the part of the problem. Mm -hmm. I I remember being in high school and we had a, uh, we had a substitute teacher one day and the roster reports, uh, in our classes cut off first names after four did four letters and so my name on any roster report was J-A-C-O. And this substitute teacher goes, like, trying to curry favor with the whole class, goes, goes, if I screw up your name, please let me know. I'm pretty sure, like, Mr. Monty doesn't want to be known as Jacko. And I raise my hand, and he goes, yes. And I go, and I'm pretty sure you don't want to be known as Fuckhead. And he goes, excuse me? I go, yeah, fuck you. Uh, and he goes, you can fucking leave. And I was like, okay. So I like packed up my books, went to the office, and they're like, Jake, why are you here again? And I was like, and I told them, and that guy never substitute taught in my high school ever again. And it's like, like stop picking on people in an effort to like endear camaraderie. Like build camaraderie by like, or, like creating relationships and friendships. Like a team that pushes through tribulations together that aren't like forced through like whipping your players on the ice or making their nipples bleed from sliding on it. Like a team that builds camaraderie through actual trials and tribulations is much stronger than a team that like built their camaraderie because like Tommy had to show his dick to the team or like (laughs) Alyssa's nipples bled after a free skate. Like, None of that shit actually fosters community. In fact, it really does the exact opposite. And if you read the, uh, the, the, the Harvard piece, like lots of players transferred out of Harvard. Okay. (laughs) Lots of players. I mean, I'm sure. And like totally only due to academics, right? Oh yeah. Oh, the classes were too hard. (laughs) Freshman Latin was just too much for me. Also, my, wasn't my nipples bleeding. bleeding. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It wasn't the bleeding nipples. It was definitely freshman Latin. Um, and the same goes for the OHL, like this corruption, this, uh, this like, just like bullshit fostering of an advantage, like, like breaking that down and, like destroying those barriers that are created by rich people paying for their sons to get drafted only helps to increase the game. Because if you don't have to have 30 K in order for your son to get drafted in the first round, your actually talented at hockey son might have a chance of getting drafted and like have a chance at a promising career when hockey is gatekept by the fact that it's an extremely expensive sport. And you know that, capitalism is starting to uh how shall we say get its tentacles too far outside the box when it starts to really come into these spaces that should more or less be the closest thing to meritocracy we have um but yeah we know that it's not and we've become kind of accustomed to this you know sort of 
hierarchy and the rich being able to pay their way into things. And um, we've become a little bit too insensitive to the harm that this can actually cause. And so, you know, I, I hope that something comes of this because it seems like maybe it's one of those things that might fizzle out. At some point, Baron Trump is going to be the starting quarterback for the Washington Commanders, <laughs> and he's just going to get broken by a giant black dude coming off the edge. And Donald Trump will use that as his like his, his reasoning for banishing black people from the United States. <laughs> I thought Baron Trump was into soccer. Uh, he'll, he'll like play as many caps for the U.S. I, national team as Josie Altidore. I hope he gets slide tackled by Cudi Romero and he just breaks his fucking knee. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so raised for comment uh, about in Michigan story, LeVar Ball said, wow, that's cheap. <laughs> uh, speaking of cheap, uh, Andrew Barraway, the minority owner of the Arizona Coyotes, paid only $2,500 in uh, personal recognizance bonds in order to get out of uh, uh, custody after s- allegedly, allegedly strangling his wife. Wowza. Um, and by allegedly, we mean he totally fucking did it. OJ's uh, like, where can I get his lawyer? Yeah. <laughs> Where can I get his isotoners? Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, Andrew Barraway, similar to LeVar Ball, and that they're people you just heard of but now dislike. Yeah, uh, this fucking guy, uh, his wife, when asked for a comment, was like, no, I want a full fucking protection order. There was no like, oh, I probably made him mad and I shouldn't have. It was like, no, fuck this guy. He's a piece of shit. He strangled me and we're living in separate houses. And if he comes anywhere near me, I will stab him in the knife with a neck. Sorry. I will stab him in the neck with a knife. She didn't say that part. I added that last part, especially the gaff earlier, but like, I'm going to leave that whole thing in. Um, but like, that's what I was going to ask. Neck for. knife. <laughs> uh, uh, but like, we, for, what decades now we've just seen this kind of ridiculousness out of rich people. Well, (laughs) that that's been going on decades, centuries. That's been going on since man created currency. Yeah. Um, the, 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 the thing, the continuous theme here is that the Arizona coyotes are owned by a bunch of fucking douche bros. (laughs) And Uh, yeah, and nothing's more douche bro than strangling your fucking wife. And and it like crazy that it has res- resulted in very little in terms of consequences for him. So far. or news, really. Yeah. Like uh we didn't get a Gary Batman we're aware of the allegations and my dad jeans say he's probably in trouble. Uh like we didn't get anything like that. It's just no. like uh, maybe it's because he's only a minority owner and no, nobody I'll, likes minorities in the NHL. So, <laughs> No, I'll tell you why it is. It's because in their lease with Arizona State, the Coyotes have a good behavior clause. I think because Arizona State is aware of the quality of the douche bros that own the Coyotes. And uh, so 
this may actually put the Coyotes' lease in jeopardy. Oh, boy. So I hadn't read that part, and I'm just hearing it for the first part, first time, and um, yay. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I feel like that's maybe good for the Coyotes in the long run. Like, hey, we have no home. We got to build a new one. Quick. Nothing gets the Coyotes to Houston faster than their minority owner strangling his wife. Yeah. Um, that's a weird piece of karma that I don't want to be even remotely a part of. Yeah, it's very, very strange, but actually has some weird long-term possible consequences for where, like what the hell happens with this team. Cause I mean, minority owner of the coyotes is worth what, like a fine at Harvard for being late. Like how much did this guy pay in to the coyotes? Like $10. How much money is in the bananas? $36.50. Hmm. $36.50. Canadian. Yeah. About three fifty. It, it's uh it, which is like 12 kroner. Um I don't know exchange rates. I'm just making that up. Uh also, I mean, slightly less awful behavior, but uh also noteworthy. Um the annual slash also continuous winner of the piss baby supreme award uh jordan bennington uh picked him up a two-game ban for leaving his crease during a scrum and punching ryan hartman in the face with his blocker Mm -hmm. uh Mm -hmm. minnesota the wild scored a goal against uh Jordan Bennington, which happens quite frequently. His save percentage is well under uh, 0.9. And he, after after the goal, like Ryan Hartman kind of skated through the crease to go celebrate the goal. And Jordan Bennington came over and just cold cocked him in the face, which created this huge melee, of course. I mean, it's hockey. Like, things like this create melees. Um, the interesting part about this, Marc-Andre Fleury crossed the center ice line and tried to fight Jordan Bennington, and the refs stopped them, and all of hockey went, no! Yeah, Like, if ever there was somebody that you wanted to beat the piss out of Jordan Bennington, it's, like, the nicest man, Marc-Andre Fleury, just ground and pounding Jordan Bennington in center ice at in St. Louis. Like so reportedly Mark Andre Fleury has like a bucket list for his NHL tenure. And it like includes getting in a fight. He has, I think when he was drafted, he said, yeah, I want to score a goal. I'm going to get in a fight. And there was something else. And I think he's like done both except for getting a fight. And, uh, that's part of the reason that everyone was like, no, we want this to happen. Um, and also, also, we just want somebody to beat Jordan Bennington. Yeah, if somebody beats the piss out of Jordan Bennington, <laughs> like he would just then be the baby supreme <laughs> because there'd be no piss left in his ah, little shitty body. I love it. Uh, also, like transitory property. I can understand wanting to beat up Ryan Hartman <laughs> a little bit. Oh, sure. But like... <laughs> 
like the it, it's not so much about the act of punching Ryan Hartman in the face. It's that who punched Ryan. Oh, Hartman exactly. In the face. Who's doing it? And 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 why? he did it with the blocker, which is pretty low. Like take I mean, the blocker off and Colcock. If I were a goalie, I'd absolutely use the blocker. But I'm a douchebag, so like, <laughs> no. I mean, I think the blocker punch is like that's the. Oh no, that would hurt like crazy. Yeah, but it's usually on a helmeted head no if you hit somebody straight on like into the mouth or nose with a blocker that would do real damage oh yeah absolutely we had uh yeah we had a big suspension for that at at beer league one more one of them one just one more reason for me to always wear a full cage because Mm -hmm. i get a little mouthy from time to time ah do we now Uh, who would have thought my point is i'm doing a lot better with my anger and my frustration. You know who isn't? James Reimer. Speaking of petulant children. Uh, James Reimer took a lot of heat off of Ivan Provorov by becoming the poster child for anti-gay sentiments in the NHL Pride Night uh, debacle that we are going through right now. Um, he publicly declined to wear a pride warm-up jersey uh not even in the game in the game in the game just practice just practice um and publicly so took his stance against rainbows um so i'm just wondering like which goalie can we have fight him like would it be mark Andre flurry again the flower that's uh, I feel like he's I been th- pretty outspoken in terms of uh, his social stance. Let's bring back Olaf Kolzig. <laughs> Dude was huge. Let's call up Kosa. Let's call up Sebastian Kosa just to oh, God, he's James Reimer's so ass. massive. That's what I mean. Or uh, uh, Ben Bishop does one last solid. <laughs> ben Bishop's NHL. like, I don't have knees, but I'll beat the fuck out of yeah, this dude. But I got fists. Or we could just call Braden Holtby out of retirement. Oh, yeah, because, he would come back. And because he is a champion of all that is good. And I think would gladly beat the piss out of both James Reimer and Jordan Bennington, <laughs> Jordan Bennington on a technicality. Cause he just doesn't like bad people and James Reimer because he's a bigot. Um, yeah. I, I think, I mean, Washington's tanking. So what better to pair with the Ovechkin goal record tr- chase, uh, then, the Braden Holtby beatdown tour. We should just start a like claymation uh, <laughs> celebrity death match, but only goalies uh, and only Braden Holtby just beating the piss out of people. No, I mean celebrity goalie death match would be great. Like we get fucking like Tim Thomas versus Roberto Luongo. Roberto <laughs> Luongo. It, it, does he show up as Italian businessman or as retired NHL goalie? Uh, both. In Hall of Famer. They're actually just two separate it, yeah, characters on our show. They, it's a tag team. <laughs> right. Just against Tim Thomas. Yeah, and we have a phone booth for him to change in. And he's there like, I'm not going to go see Obama. <laughs> um, Side note about Loberto Ruango. Uh, there was a very funny video that came out the other day in which <laughs> he's like watching one of his team goalies sit in for like one of these... Uh, uh, hockey skill tiktok guys like just like shootout specialists 
and and the shootout specialist is like talking to him is like okay you know how hard should i go go on your goalie and and uh, yeah the guy's about to you know perform some dangles in his goalie and is like so how hard should i go and roberto's like go all the way <laughs> <laughs> and then he just like does something crazy lacrosse goal stupid thing that these guys do and it's just like you felt bad for the goalie (laughs) (laughs) you know i don't feel bad for james reimer however absolutely so and and good for the sharks for just fucking putting him out in front of it instead of hiding him instead of the players around him you know laundering his hateful decisions uh, behind the team like they just said no you're you're not worth that trouble you go fucking face the music buddy and he's received the kind of backlash that he deserves so 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 here's what i'll say if you are hiding behind your quote unquote christian values to in order to hate gay people you're not actually a christian no there's nothing within Christianity that legitimately actually says gay people are evil and you should hate them. Correct. And so, whereas the Bible also gives you like a specific method with which to perform an abortion. Yeah. And also like how to not get fucking haircuts because it's (laughs) against God's will. And also uh, if you're menstruating, you can't sit on a chair. Yeah. And like, you know what? Uh, uh, just don't ever eat fish. Uh, so like, except on this day. Um, so like, let's stop pretending that God or Jesus Christ gives a fuck about dudes having sex with each other or women having sex with each other or non-binary folks or transgender folks. Like, let's stop pretending that they give a shit like like in a demonstrative way like if you are a christian then those are all of god's children and they are to be treated with respect and kindness and gratitude and compassion instead of like just fucking hating them and not wearing a fucking jersey the in warm-ups yeah the 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 thing that i really want to say here though is that what all of these players and these teams are signifying is that they are in fact bigoted because it's not, you are not supporting a gay lifestyle by wearing a Jersey. What you're saying is that you should feel welcome in our arenas and in our sport. And all these people are like, who are like against wearing the jersey are like, well, it's his Christian beliefs. It's his Christian beliefs. But like that shouldn't preclude you from making people feel welcome in your arena. Right. You don't have a right to make other people feel unwelcome. It's inherently unchristian mm-hmm. to make people feel unwelcome. Yeah, it is. Like, love thy fucking neighbor, you <laughs> sacks of shit. Like there, I love that verse. There, yeah, that's my favorite verse in the entire fucking Bible, and it was written by uh, Charles Bukowski. Is <laughs> like, like the Stahl brothers, James Reimer, all these like, like, and you know what? I don't actually know if it's Russian players who are the problem. I wouldn't be surprised if it was just teams hiding behind the fact that they have Russian pro- players. 
when dozens of Russian NHLers have had no problem whatsoever wearing pride jerseys. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, like, like James Reimer's Russian teammates wore fucking pride jerseys. And to kind of skip ahead a little bit, <clears throat> that's almost maybe the most shameful for me is like what Chicago did. Uh, even after Connor Murphy, to his credit, said, we better be wearing these fucking jerseys. Um, they decided not to wear them. And I, I don't know if they publicly or released sidebar, but it was about this Russian law that uh, people were afraid of. And like, that is such bullshit. Um, I, I don't even have words. Like, since when are we afraid of russian laws uh i guarantee you john jonathan taves conveniently forgot about it though <laughs> well he's he might have dementia at this point nobody knows but um yeah it it's bonkers that pride nights is what it takes to like ruin the reputation of the stall brothers you know who, who like eric stall has uh worn a pride jersey in montreal before despite his protestations otherwise yeah he, it, it's on video i've never worn a pride jersey here here's the video of you wearing a pride jersey i've never worn a pride jersey <laughs> and it's like yeah apparently he was so traumatized by that experience uh that he doesn't want to wear he one was in florida so traumatized by getting raped by his priest that oh uh, yeah that's the other thing yeah um, um yeah it in Obviously, not coincidentally, uh, the the karma gods have weighed in, and since that, uh, Florida has been on a giant fucking skid. They haven't won a game since, and they're going to miss the playoffs. Good, uh, which sucks because that means the Islanders make the playoffs. But at the same time, good riddance. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it. This is like changing the swing of how we like and dislike players so quickly. Because I mean, I had James Reimer on my fantasy team, yeah. <laughs> like hoping he was going to get traded to a contender and nope. Uh, maybe this is why, but, um, also like the stalls, like I've had a huge respect for the stalls and now I'm like, eh. yeah. And like a lot of this is also being tied back to a group that I think most hockey fans had no fucking idea existed. I have no fucking idea this exists. And this that, sounds like a this sounds like an MLM. It scheme. sounds like a fucking cult too. Sure. Uh Hockey Ministries International, um, which has stated that they are presenting the Christian message to the hockey world since nineteen seventy seven. Mm. Um have you seen hockey? <laughs> it's so in need of Christian prophetizing. There's been one Muslim guy to win a Stanley Cup. Yeah. One. Mm-hmm. In like a hundred years. But we really need to get the Christian word out. And uh, to his credit, said Muslim guy pretty quick to get behind the whole Pride Night thing. Yeah. Despite the fact that other people were like, oh, Nazim Qadri's not wearing a Pride Night jersey. He's like, are you sure? Because I'm wearing one right now. And uh, uh, if, in especially because that's in fucking Calgary for a team coached by your angry uncle Chad. Like, yeah, <laughs> in a in a like cowboy bumpkin city in right. northern Alberta. Like they 
as a team, wore their fucking pride jerseys, and they were actually really sweet. Yeah, a lot uh, of the pride jerseys are sweet. Like the the styling on these is awesome. These guys are giving up a sweet sweater to not participate, and like Dallas ma- managed one, and even like Jamie Ben noted non pussy taster. Uh, gave us a reason to dislike him slightly less by coming out in support publicly of Pride Night and the concept and like very nicely explaining the concept in an interview. Yeah. And like talked about Brian Burke and his statements about how like the these events aren't about like like give foregoing your Christian beliefs. They're about telling people that they are included within your arenas. Back to the real quick, back to the hockey ministries international thing. So James Reimer and the Sauls are a big part of this hockey ministries mm. international. Um, and like, if you look at their website, you just, you kind of cringe and your dick shrivels a little bit and, <laughs> um, and, and it, it's fucking awful. Um, but like the thing that I've noticed the most about it is that right on the front of their uh, website is John Van Bree's Van Beesbrook. And uh, if you don't know this about John, John Van Beesbrook, um, he's he, not a popular actor from he, the 90s. He called Trevor Daly the N-word while he was his coach. Yeah. And like, he's not a good person. And he's like, Jesus just wants to be part of your life. Jesus is fucking dead. He doesn't want anything. Jesus doesn't like this shit. He's if, fucking dead. If Jesus had preferences... Jesus he died would, twice. Would actively not like this shit. Yeah. Um, and Jesus yeah. didn't die for you to be a fucking bigot. Like, right. So this that, is, like, this is like the, the hockey version of like Amy Coney Barrett's people of praise cult. Like, you know, it we're really just, is. We're going to yeah. take whatever space we exist in and make it more bigoted and hateful. Like yeah. that is that is what they exist for. You know, it has nothing to do with Jesus. It has nothing to do with faith. It has everything to do with nationalism and race and making sure that the other stays out of where you don't want them. Uh and on the exact opposite side of that, the Vancouver Canucks. Props where props go. Uh, they have announced that they are going to host a full-on drag show. Hell yeah. Hope it's brunch. As part of their Pride Night festivities. Um, We'll just get this out there. Vancouver's ownership sucks. Yeah, and their franchise reportedly has its own pretty serious issues in the front office. I mean... Even without even without talking about the roster part of the front office, <laughs> right? Like it's a you know allegedly a pretty toxic workplace, and uh, they're in the kind of gray middle of nothingness between rebuilding the playoffs and and their owners a shithead and whatever. But they do know how to make a crowd friendly statement sometimes, and this is a nice one, you know, where other teams are going the other way and canceling these they're saying no we are going to double down and really you know have a good time with this and i i can't get behind that more like i joked like i hope they make it brunch because drag brunch is great like drag brunch is drag bunch drag brunch drag bingo mm-hmm. i'm fucking there 
it's it's super fun bring your kids uh yeah it it's like it's it's ridiculous that someone has to take pride night to another level because other people are just like failing and i'm glad that somebody did that you know i w- maybe would have expected it more out of some other franchises but uh good for the good for the canucks like yeah and uh you know while we're talking about drag uh we here in the portland metropolitan area would be remiss if we didn't say a shout out and an RIP to Darcel 15, mm-hmm. um, much better than Darcel 14. Yeah. Darcel 14 was kind of, meh, but Darcel 15 was a fucking like iconic drag queen. Uh, like we talk about drag queens. Darcel is the queen of drag here <laughs> in Portland. Darcel was a uh, economic event, an absolute fucking icon of this weird and uh, sloppy ass city. <laughs> uh, Darcel had uh, has been a or was a drag queen for over fifty years. Passed away this past week at ninety two years of age. Um, the the legacy that they leave on the city of portland is honestly is immeasurable mm-hmm. uh they have their own nightclub oh yeah like uh, the, the in northwest portland people's careers were made by darcel yes and uh certified the oldest drag queen performer as of 2016 so um, like has since long gotten past that yeah. that uh that milestone anytime you're at pride parade they were there anytime you went to see i mean there's like one particular drag performance bar in portland and like but they were there all the fucking time um and we've seen some honorifics happen um we got northwest darcel xv street which will sound very funny coming out of your garmin (laughs) um if it's like 2009 yeah because like it's very funny when third right on darcel (laughs) xv street (laughs) because anytime you put like google maps up it and you're on uh caesar chavez it's hilarious how it just like butchers the street name and like caesar chavez (laughs) yeah uh i i you know, we've both lived in Portland for, we're not Portland natives, but we've both lived in Portland for quite some time. I think that's like what it takes to be a native in some ways. Yeah. Uh, is to move here. Um, yeah. I mean, if you're I, here for a decade or so, you're just a native. I, I think at this point I'm probably a native. Um, I, Darcel 15 was an absolute icon of this city and uh, losing them honestly is kind of a huge blow to the city because as the, as Portland becomes more corporate and more expensive and more, um, homogenized, uh, somebody who gave voice to an oftentimes marginalized culture, um, and people's, uh, passing away is a huge blow to the city. And so 
on a very real and non-sarcastic and non-joking level. Uh, RIP, like this is, it, it, it's honestly a big blow to the city that we call home. And um, I, you know, as somebody who has experienced many a drag show at this point uh, and loved every one of them and just really appreciates how they are the most obvious and most um, welcoming uh, avenue into queer culture. Mm-hmm. Um, something that I, you know, I'm, you know, I'm a heterosexual cisgendered white male, mm-hmm. um, but I also want to like be an ally and be a partner in life with folks who have been disenfranchised by like other people who have the same identities that I do. Um, Losing an icon of this nature is really hard, especially in a time where drag is really being vilified Mm -hmm. across the country and really um, just become a hot button item for just foolishly misinformed and bigoted douchebags across the country. And so um, losing Darcel's voice is, is a, is a big loss. Yeah. And I feel bad that, you know, they had to pass away in the midst of this, I don't know, stupid crisis that's been manufactured in America around drag performers, because what, Darcel believed in was just showing everyone around them a good time. And the, I just kind of realized this, but the first drag show I ever went to was, it was Darcel and, and company. And like, it was an absolute riot. You know, I didn't exactly know what I was getting into. It was maybe like a tiny bit outside my comfort zone, but it was like, no, this rocks. This is super fun. You know, it's campy. It's, sing-alongy it's it's like it, it was just a riot i i remember going to that club and just like what it looked and felt like uh to be shown a drag show for my first time and like yeah i can't understand why people can't realize that it's just a non-sexual performance like it, it just it, it like they play with gender sure but like sex is generally side portion of any sort of drag show and you know it's not like there's nudity it's It's a spectacle right it's 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 just people in costume and the it's about the ridiculousness of the costume and the ridiculousness of the spectacle and yeah that that drag is under fire in america today just underscores how america doesn't understand what the fucking point is and the point is just to have fun. The point is to be yourself and the point is to be liberated. Things that a lot of Americans can't get behind, but uh, yeah, Darcel definitely did and hats off to an amazing career. May you rest well. Rest in rhinestones. Cheers to that. As, as uh, the Florida room so aptly put rest in rhinestones. All right, we're back into it. Speaking of not back into it or out for the season, Andrei Svechnikov, which uh, is honestly a a real bummer. Uh, One of my favorite players, he hits 
he scores goals. He's a menace. Uh, he he's hits. big. He scores goals. He's a menace. He does all the things. <laughs> uh, yeah. Sunday, no. Sunday, Sunday. Yeah. Someday. <laughs> someday he will be back. Yeah. He's a. Uh, Carolina's probably was the best hope for the like anybody but Boston crew in the NHL uh, coming out of the East. And, and granted, Carolina's played very well without him, but like not having Andrei Sveshnikov when your team has a history of not scoring in the playoffs, uh, not great, Bob. Yeah, not not great. Um, exciting young player. He's the guy who perennially you think, Oh my God, he's that young. Yeah. Like he's still what? Like 23. Right. Whereas like somehow Max Domi became 28 in a hurry. Like, uh, I don't know how that happened. Um, but yeah, one of the best scoring threats from a team that can use some scoring. It, it kind of sucks to see. Um, I mean, unless you're one of our Boston fan friends, something we are a little bit sorry about, QMJHL banned fighting on one side. There's like the classic hockey guy in me. Who's like, Oh, fighting is part of the game. And then on the like realistic futuristic side of me, I'm like, but does it have to be. Yeah. It, it, it on its face seems extreme. And then the more you get into it, the more it makes sense. Yeah. And I, I think that, I understand fighting in the NHL and even the AHL. Sure. Um, and even the ECHL. Like, sure. If you are like a prof- actual professional league and yeah, no, exactly. I'm not calling the, the Q or the O or the WHL a, a professional league. And I can kind in of that regard. understand it on some levels in major junior, but it happens too frequently at the lower levels of major junior to be justifiable. And, you know, at that point, enough of these kids aren't going to make it to their lifelong dream that we need to be protecting their heads for their earning potential for the rest of their lives. And well, that starts with this move that the cube has done. And, uh, I don't know. I, yeah, I'm, also like a little conflicted about it, but definitely on the side of this is the right decision. Yeah. It's, this comes from a, uh, I think a, a a very progressive outlook. Um, the, the Q brought in a new commissioner, uh, Mario Cicchini. And this is the first new commissioner they've had in 37 years um and part of their kind of like campaign to become the commissioner of the queue was based off of getting rid of fighting in their league uh and they had a a a quick interview with the athletic in which they said we obviously have to improve these we have to we obviously have to improve on these situations and even eliminate them in some cases um, in instances about fighting and also hazing in which, uh, you know, we've seen a lot of reports coming out of the queue lately about 
issues in hazing well the chl in in general but also uh very specifically the q uh and he you know kind of postulated how do you make a culture change and answered you know with a lot of determination a lot of conviction and a lot of precision and clarity in how you expect everyone to behave for me that's going to be paramount so the professional version of very carefully yeah yeah and and you know mario's gonna have to toe a hard line uh because there are hundreds upon hundreds of old ass dudes who expect to go to a QMJHL <laughs> game and see them rough them up. You yeah. Know? Don Cherry, when reached for comment, said, oh, only Canada for Canadians. <laughs> um, so it's, this is a huge moment. It's, it's kind of, you know, for those of us who see fighting, well, let me start though. Regardless of how you see fighting as part of the game, this is kind of a watershed moment. We're getting closer and closer to the NHL mm-hmm. as uh, leagues keep continue to ban fighting. And, you know, I, I completely understand the idea and the axiom that fighting allows hockey to police itself. Yeah. In some ways, uh, in some ways, in some ways, it also makes it more likely that it spirals out of control. Right. Yeah. There, there's, there's two sides to that sword. Right. I, uh, both of which are sharp. I've and, always thought of that argument as like, really? Nah. Like, it, sure, you, you can police some stuff with the the threat, the of, threat of fighting, but like. That is about the same effect as the death penalty. And yeah. you know that uh, that the Cold War. Right. It, it you know, it's arguably better without it. Um, I think what he said about like, how do you make a culture change is really prescient in hockey. I mean, like real fascinating. Yeah, we, we could put that in the banner for our podcast like it. This is exactly the kind of forward thinking, creative problem solving that this game needs in order to make it safer, more popular, more likely for like moms to be okay with their kids playing. Um, And yeah, I want to applaud this difficult decision. Um, And I, I, hope that there isn't a huge blowback to this. Uh, There absolutely will be, I'm sure. But I think not bowing in the face of that pressure is really the, the ultimate test here. Right. And I'd love to see the 58 year old white dude yelling like, I need to see the kids fight. (laughs) And it's like, they're 16 years old, man. Like, yeah. And it's one thing if, it really is sort of confined to the back corners of hockey, but at these lower levels in Canada, it's not because this is a way into professional levels as brutal as it is. Like you can still get into, you know, the NHL system on 
the basis of physicality. I mean, you can also get in on the basis of being like six, seven on skates too, but like it's seen as maybe an antiquated way into the system, but it is a way into the system. And you know what other system like brings you in as an enforcer uh, is the mob. <laughs> I was just about um, to say the mob. And so, you know, that we can remove the necessary brutality from the unnecessary brutality is a step forward in the game. Yeah. Even without fighting, hockey is still a high impact, high contact sport. Right. And that's never going to change. Um, checking is not going to just go away. Uh, and I, I think the NHL and, you know, coaches and players at younger levels really do a good job in this. Like, yes, we see concussions in the NHL um, and in hockey, but not even remotely as close as the amount we see in the NFL. And that, and that's despite the fact that the collisions in the NHL are generally at higher speeds than uh than the na than the nfl and so i think there is a a culture of kind of protection that already exists in hockey and you see that when somebody crosses the line and becomes dangerous that the fight is one of the ways to remind that person that they have crossed the line and so it'll be interesting to see how hockey evolves moving forward in policing that crossing line because you know you're skating it anywhere from like 20 to 25 miles per hour uh with a full head of steam at 63250 into the boards you know that that's a massive collision yeah you can and have so- that without fighting you can have right. that sort of retaliation aspect of the game just with the the rote physicality that already exists yeah and so it's that is going to be the real question i think for how hockey moves forward and do i think we'll get to a point where the nhl doesn't have fighting not really but i think taking it out of the lower levels and taking that sort of punishment off the table for these lower levels is a smart move because it really allows players to mature from a skill aspect Mm -hmm. without having to worry about getting punched in the back of the head by Todd Bertuzzi. Right. Or, you know, getting upended with a giant line brawl. Like this also is a check against coaching malfeasance at these levels because too many coaches over the years have resorted to, okay, let's just beat the shit out of the other team as some sort of quasi legal solution when it should never have that opportunity. And, you know, there's a reason that goon two was called the last of the enforcers. Like the fucking writing is on the wall. John Scott retired and is now a podcaster and has not been replaced. Yeah. Like like, you're absolutely right, Evan. I think it's, it's, it's time to, and I think we're seeing this as the NHL moves more towards a skill and speed uh, as the athletes get better, as the skill level increases, 
you're seeing a move away from the pure enforcer. I don't even know if there is like a pure enforcer in the NHL so much anymore. Uh, no, Gary Bettman won't allow it because it might end up with him being embarrassed. It might crease his, <laughs> his dad genes. Yeah. Uh, what? Yeah. They elected the enforcer to the all-star game. <sighs> Call Batman. <sighs> uh, so I, 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 I applaud this move. Uh, you know, I'm I'm definitely somebody who, growing up, the fighting and hockey was part of the allure. Um, but as I've aged, it's less and less a part of the game that I enjoy. Yeah, people will send me clips of hockey fights, and I'm like, okay, eh, sure. Like, oh, occasionally he- there's one that's like interesting. And it's because it's either a something funny happened or B it was like particularly brutal or lopsided. Yeah. Or like the guy who you should expect to win didn't win or somebody beat Tony D'Angelo. Yeah. That, (laughs) that honestly, like if the NHL wanted to ban fighting in the, the one exception should be beating up Tony D'Angelo fighting. But if you lose to Tony D'Angelo five game suspension fighting in hockey is like the people that, decide to become nudists it's never the ones you want (laughs) so Uh, now from uh something now from debating what is necessary violence to something that is unquestionably unnecessary violence carson briere son of philadelphia flyers gm danny briere done did a stupid yeah like part of me, so I've watched the video several times, and part of me was like, "Oh yeah, that's something a stupid college kid would do." But then the other part of me was like, "That doesn't make it okay." <laughs> yeah. So to like, fill in everyone, Danny Briere is not in hot water because Zion Provorov did something bigoted again, but because his son Carson Carson Daly Briere. <laughs> <laughs> um, took it upon himself to in the dark corner stairwell of a bar uh, take the wheelchair of a patron and throw it down a flight of stairs yeah uh, it came out uh, later that this was the wheelchair of uh, somebody who is very much crippled and it wasn't like just sitting there for fun. It was somebody's actual mode of self-transportation. Yeah. It's not grabbing one at an airport and tooling it around or using it to carry your luggage. Like it's, yeah, this was somebody's property that they spent lots of money on because their insurance company was probably a bitch and didn't cover the thing that they are supposed to cover um and yeah it it just speaks to the privilege that white male and white male hockey players think they operate with and the impunity that they think they operate with and thankfully the backlash has been swift and it's been fairly vociferous yeah uh so I don't think we said this yet. Connor is a, a senior at Mercyhurst, uh, which is a, a is that a real university? Yeah, they're in the uh, well, they're in the ECAC. I think sounds like a pyramid scheme. 
Uh, it's it sounds more like a hospital than a university. Uh, but like a hospital that you never leave. <laughs> yeah, right. Mercyhurst, you can check out, but you can't ever leave. Partake. Uh, they they are part of the uh, Amer- Atlantic Hockey Association. Uh, you know, they're a Division One college ice hockey program. Uh, Carson Briere has uh, been a part of that team for. I think four years now. And he was like the freshman of the year mm-hmm. four years ago. Um, is he a legit prospect? No. Okay, good. <laughs> um, but like, you know, he came out and said he was very sorry. Uh, of course. Which, which is like, you know, wasp for, uh, I'm sorry. I got caught. Yeah. Uh, he read those words off of a cue card that came from a PR firm. Like, yeah. That is employed by the Philadelphia Flyers. Um, I mean, they just have them on retainer now. Yeah, it, like it's just another symptom of white privilege, uh, hockey privilege, uh, which are oftentimes one and the same. And ableism. Let's yeah. not forget ableism. Yeah, and so I'm I'm very thankful that the 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 backlash was swift was swift in this one. Um, is Carson Briere probably a complete and total fuckhead? No, but did he do this shitty thing? And should he suffer consequences for doing this shitty thing? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and there is also the chance that he is a complete and total fuckhead. Yeah, I, I was going to say the child of Danny Briere. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the, the, Danny Briere is a non-zero fuckhead. percentage. I mean, he was a fuckhead of an on the ice player. Yeah. Uh, and in that, like, he was a pest should that carry through to our expectations for his child no does it yes absolutely Uh, (laughs) yeah but uh uh, uh, yeah one kind of wishes that like someone would pick a fight with him or throw him down some stairs see how he likes it uh you know um what he needs to do is uh hold on it, it, what he needs to do is steal Liam Neeson's daughter. And I'm <laughs> sure that can be arranged real quick. Um, heading back to women's hockey, um, NWHL uh, founder Ryland Kearney uh, kind of broke their silence in an interview with H- Haley Salvian and the athletic uh, about getting pushed out as commissioner and, uh, it talked about the league altogether, where they left it, where it is now, what they are most proud of, etc. Um, I I think the the thing that I bought most out of the bought the thing that I got most out of this article uh, was that they absolutely were pushed out because the ownership groups kind of came together and were like, get rid of this lady. Um, which kind of had devastating results when they, uh, the next commissioner, they had Ty Tumania who did a great job, uh, trying to kind of, uh, hold things together in the wake of Ryland Kearney's absence. They just kind of stumbled along for a while and it was kind of clear that ownership was running the league. And now, you know, they have actual people in place and it sounds like, Ryland Kearney is um, 
not exactly thrilled with how they were summarily dismissed from the league. No, uh, and who most, would be. But most notably by the, the Boyntons. And, you know, it does really speak to, like, the power struggles that exist within these types of nascent leagues and, and you know, how birthing a, a new league in any sport is fraught with danger both for the players and for the people involved in administrating it. Like it, it's not without challenge and it's not without significant professional danger. Yeah. And I think one of the, the big things that came out of this interview was that uh, folks who were uh, of we'll say uh, who, who had some sway in the then NWHL thought that Rylan was kind of the reason why there hadn't been more continuity and more uh, um, kind of handholding between the NWHL and the PWHPA and the NHL. Mm-hmm. And then, so they got Rylan out of the way and they're like, ah, ha, ha, now we can move forward. And then, it turns out it wasn't her at all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Funny how that always yeah. tends to happen with organizations too. Like, hey, we got rid of the person we thought that was the problem. Oh, they're not. That, that wasn't the problem. Drats. <laughs> uh, so uh, it was just interesting to see kind of behind the curtain, so to speak, uh, of like what went down. And Rylan, I think was extremely still very gracious mm-hmm. and very considerate and with a couple candy didn't like bits. Yeah. But like, didn't like throw up double birds and tell <laughs> no. people to go their own way. Like, Which, I mean, that wasn't her style to begin with. So wouldn't right. one wouldn't expect that I would of myself, <laughs> but not so much of Ryland Kearney. Um, and so, uh, that article is in the athletic, uh, look for, if you are a subscriber, you can look for that article. Haley Salvian wrote it uh, or conducted the interview and then wrote the article. Haley Salvian is a fucking gem and one of yeah. the best hockey writers out there. So uh-huh. um, you should read pretty much everything that they print or write. Um, you know, Riley Kearney was pushed out probably unfairly. Um, so was JJ Watt. <laughs> yeah. Uh, pushed out of hockey, apparently, according to his tweet. Basically because his family didn't have the money to pay for it, uh, which, you know, it's not often that you find someone of his stature in the sports world talk about hockey, <laughs> uh, but everyone knows that J.J. Watt would have been um, a freak to play against. Probably the most destructive force in the history of hockey. Yeah, like in the handful of clips you've seen of him skating, like dude looks like he might have been good if he'd have been given the opportunity, but um, instead of the Titanic battle that could have been J.J. Watt versus Chara, uh, he was steered towards football. You know, arguably... A a, much worse sport for your body and mental health. Yeah, worse sport, but it's cheaper. Survey says cheaper. And uh, he also, you know made the point like, hey, this is why soccer is the sport of the world because all you need is a ball and something resembling a goal. Um, Two trees. <laughs> yeah. And so I think that, you know, when we talk about the issues with hockey culture, 
especially today, cost is becoming, I mean, even more of an issue every year as inflation goes up, as in, income inequality becomes more stark. Um, you know, the, the haves get even more over the have nots. Like we can only do so much with activism and with, you know, well-meaning intentions when the economic table is tilted in one way. And so, yeah, it's good to see JJ Watt kind of put his neck out there for hockey and, and for the betterment of hockey, like yeah. talking about how, like, like due to six, five, two eighty eight, could you imagine? Yeah. I mean, he would have been another Dustin Bufflin. Uh, oh, just an absolute with, wrecking ball. Like without any compassion for mm-hmm. other human beings. On I the mean, ice. did Dustin Bufflin have any compassion for human no. beings on the ice? And like him leaving the league early is one of the like great sorrow stories from the last like 10 years of the NHL. For sure. But that's because he wanted to drink and fish. Yeah. So, you know, it yeah, can only be him. so sad for him. Can you imagine if you just showed up to a beer league and Dustin Bufflin was on the other day? I'd be like, no. Apparently that happens. And I'm out. I, I wash my hands of this. I'm moving to Topeka, Kansas. And if, Kansas. if you, yeah, if you, if you see pictures, Dustin Bufflin's like every bit of 300 pounds right now. Yeah. And he, I'm he sure you can call. still skate better than me. So, oh, uh, <laughs> without a doubt. Uh, yeah. Jesus Christ. What could have been yeah. with JJ Watt in hockey pads? Uh, what could have been for Kesbury Kapanen in Pittsburgh? We'll never know because the uh, Penguins jettisoned him as if he were uh, like, uh, just like as if he were fuel out of a Russian fighter jet aimed at an American drone. Ooh, I said we wouldn't get political in this way. It reads the rest of the script. Never mind. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, Casper Kapanen's, uh, much to my delight as having picked them up in off the waiver wire in fantasy hockey. Uh, he's been having a good time with the blues uh, the blues kind of like picked up some relatively disregarded folks, uh, uh or people who had been kind of cast aside and Casper, Casper, uh, Jacob Verona, mm-hmm. and they've all been having a great fucking time in St. Louis. Uh, yeah. they all hate Jordan Bennington. <laughs> they like got there and were like, yeah, this guy's as bad as we thought he was. But they're all having a really good time scoring a bunch of goals, having uh, ha- like just kind of showing what other teams in the NHL either couldn't provide for them or uh, were um, uh, incapable of uh, of uh, of just like the opportunity. Which, uh, per Danny Shirley on Twitter, um, the opportunities on the difference of like five minutes per game yeah and that's a big deal if you're a skill guy like Kapanen is um uh probably getting pushed out in the f- in the future peter lavalette uh in washington uh rumors are that extension talks on his contract have gone cold hmm. curiously like his coaching i'd love to say that in my best uh <laughs> dr freeze voice uh as arnold like we're going to put your contract talks 
on ice. We are going to trade your whole team, except for Alexander. For ice. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This could play out in a lot of different ways. But Uh, it's fair to say he gone. He probably gone, yeah. Um, What isn't going away, at least not yet, and this is super fucking funny to me, is uh, Brooke. Kep- yeah, Brooks Kepka Truba Gate. Uh, apparently, Brooks Kepka is a big Florida Panthers fan and was spotted at a Florida Panthers game on video with a uh, traffic cone um, talking shit about Jacob Truba. And there were some people that supposed that they were maybe like friends or something, and this was just some, you know, friendly shit talking and. Truba has come out and said, we ain't friends. <laughs> and, uh, oh, yes. Give me give me all the, the golfer versus hockey player tea. Like, I love it. Especially since most hockey players are fairly solid golfers. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, maybe that's... Maybe it's like a get-off-my-lawn thing. Like, Truba shot too well at the country club, and Kepka <laughs> was, like, mad about the fact that he left to the the regular golf channels for the fucking Saudi murder golf network. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, you didn't hit hole in one this round? Guess what? We that's kill, your arm. We kill you. <laughs> Bone saw time, buddy. It's like you're a woman trying to drive. Ooh. Um, yeah, I. it's... This is stupid, is what it really <laughs> is. But like... When but it, funny. When it, yeah. When it comes down to it, who are you going to put money on? Jacob Truba. <laughs> like, if, Probably. If, if push comes to shove, isn't his girlfriend slash now wife a surgeon? Like, oh, yeah. You think they just like form like a... Yeah, no. They would just like sew him up and put him back out there. She's like his boxing coach. <laughs> his cut man. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Except she's got like... Except IV. it's like an appendectomy. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, I mean, and, you know, Brooks Kepka noted jerk and yeah. uh, beef haver with many people. Um, it seems like maybe he's just a disaffected Panthers fan because Truba has been bad. Well, it's also like, you're a golfer. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, yeah, that, that angle like, is also... I, I don't, I, I don't know how to say this more, uh, like... You have somebody carry your clubs for a living. (laughs) Ah. Fuck you. Yeah, which, uh, you know, isn't that the ultimate embarrassment in hockey is if someone else carries your bag for you? Oh, or your stick. Right. Second most is if you have a bag on wheels and they say you don't have wheels. And when to that, I say, yeah, no, I don't. I don't. I I move slow as shit. Um, Very efficiently, (laughs) but slow as shit. Yeah. yeah, it it's very funny in that also, like, I'm totally stealing this joke from the Athletic Hockey Show, but what if Jacob Truba went to one of Brooks Kepka's like, events and started heckling him? Like, A, Jacob Truba, fully taller than anyone else in the golf crowd. <laughs> By probably six inches. And so he becomes 
the dude from Happy Gilmore. <laughs> yeah. Guns I'm going to kill, kill you. Guns don't kill people. I kill people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Which I totally disagree with. But at the same time, in this instance, run. <laughs> um, and then to finish on an optimistic note, uh, Elliot Friedman has reported that Houston and Atlanta uh, could be likely NHL expansion cities, Atlanta for the third time, I guess. But it's the uh, charm, yeah, right. Uh, and also mention Kansas City, and then we just want to shoehorn Portland into there. Uh, so here's my thinking. People are saying, uh, I, I don't think the NHL should expand. No, I'm I'm pretty happy with it right now. I think the talent pool is about where it can possibly be to like keep teams remotely because you're not drawing from the same talent pool as other sports. Like the NFL doesn't have to worry about talent because almost everybody in every male in the United States plays football at least once. <laughs> uh Major League Baseball doesn't have to worry about talent, just like the uh, just like uh, basketball doesn't have to worry about talent because it's played everywhere. Mm -hmm. Uh, Hockey has like two continents, (laughs) if that, if that, like it's 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 North America and the northern part of Europe, sorta, Uh, like Asia, part of Asia if you count Russia. England ain't oh just to piss off the Russians be like isn't most of your country in Asia <laughs> fuck you we're white we're European blah, 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 blah. No, uh, we hate gay people just like the rest of you <laughs> our population is in Europe uh, yeah well that's cute um, but most of your countries in Asia you're the you're, you're <laughs> awkward you're, you're stepchildren because <laughs> 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 <Yeah>. Siberia <laughs> Anyways, um, I I don't don't think that there is currently a talent pool big enough to support 34 NHL teams. Uh, Like, well, there is. Like, you could field 34 NHL teams, but that doesn't mean that the hockey would be better. In fact, honestly, like, I wouldn't do it, but I think you could probably contract, like, six teams. But would the money be better, Jake? Are you really making a whole ton of money off of a Kansas City hockey team? Like, well, I mean, to their credit, Kansas City fans are rabid. And for two teams. Sure. Give them a third. And, they might not even know the difference. And only kind of for the Royals. <laughs> Granted, the Royals <laughs> habitually suck. Um, sure. But like But that one year. And but like also like Atlanta has proven it doesn't give a shit about hockey twice. Exactly. Uh, And also you have these flailing franchises out there in Arizona. Like, you know, just prop one of them up, move them to Houston. That's what anybody with a sane brain would say. But if there's a chance for Portland to get an NHL team, fucking bring on 36 teams. I don't give a shit. (laughs) <laughs> we'll see like ty ratty is your first line center hell yeah um and we're like oh it's Winterhawks 2012 yeah <laughs> um i uh, yeah okay sure uh 
yeah, Portland's getting an MLB team and an NHL team. I think it is more likely gonna... at this point to get an MHL, NHL team than a baseball team, unfortunately. I just don't... I don't think it is. I think Portland is on the short list for the MLB. Oh, I don't I I don't know why I can't quite see it happening. I'm like, not saying it's going to happen, but I think Portland is on the short list for the for Major League Baseball. I don't think we're on the short list for the NHL. No, because the short list for the NHL is like Atlanta, 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 Atlanta. But uh, please work this time. <laughs> yeah. Atlanta and Pretty the prayer. Please. Um, no, but what we have for hockey is two decent facilities and... We don't have a baseball stadium. So are we calling the Moda Center decent? Have you been to a Coyotes game? No, but I'd love to. <laughs> and I bet you it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it is a lot of fun. I, I'm going to try and go next season. They pr- yeah, they probably will like look on the mullet arena years like fondly in the future when they're crowds aren't packed with drunk college kids but yeah like, they're gonna be like we miss that but portland has colleges we could you know we could pay that's <laughs> we could pay as an kids. as an alumnus of one of those colleges you're losing using that term loosely <laughs> uh yeah well one can dream right Speaking of loose, this has been episode 78 of the Handsome Hockey Podcast. Uh, Thank you, as always, for listening to us hither and dither around the sport that we love. Um, You know, we've been doing this for, what, three years now? Two years now? Something like that. We are... 20, rapidly closing in on 3,000 listens. uh, Which, honestly, like, is probably, like, what other podcasts get in about 45 minutes but we think is like probably like 2500 more listens than we ever (laughs) thought we would get uh and so we're we're just kind of blown away that people continue to kind of tune in and listen to us uh like i know full well that my mom doesn't listen to us so like these are people that are not like kind of contractually obligated (laughs) by blood to to listen to us and so thank you so much for checking in and uh checking us out it's it's really cool to know that you know we've we've been heard in something like 30 different countries at this Mm -hmm. point and that's kind of weird like they're probably using our voices as torture in some like armenian prison (laughs) or something but uh or like you know harvard hazing but also cool (laughs) like uh but so thank you so much for listening to us uh we can't say that enough it's been an awesome ride so far and hopefully we've got still some more places to go yeah thanks for coming on this journey with us uh if you'd like to find out more, see more, hear more, uh, you can find us on the internet at handsomehockey.com. We are Handsome Hockey Podcast on Instagram, at Handsome Hockey on Twitter, handsomehockeypod at gmail.com if you love Outlook, Handsome Hockey Facebook page if you are our parents, and we are on YouTube. And I do actually have some really cool stuff to be putting up on uh, Instagram and oh, yeah? maybe Twitter, uh, just like some old time mass hockey shit. That's really cool. So yeah, uh, eventually, 
I'll get to that. It'll probably be coming up pretty soon, but uh, yeah, the, it's it, it's it's some cool stuff. As uh, aged millennials, we are still figuring out social media, and uh, we get angry when they change the inputs on us. Yeah, how does this not break? <laughs> right? Like ah, the. I don't know how to use Instagram this week. Damn it. Who do I have to give my social security number to to prove that I can work this thing? I need to find a Gen Zer to teach me Instagram again. Yeah. Meanwhile, uh, I teach my boss how to print a PDF. I was going to say, I don't think that Gen Z even uses Instagram. No, they're all over the TikTok. Yeah. We well, still don't understand. Which is going to get banned because uh, the Only Republican from- Party lo- wants to control how you use the internet. So, um yeah, you can only uh, search for uh, Jesus and uh, <laughs> AR-15s. That's Those are the two allowed Google searches in uh, Trump America coming <laughs> soon to a neighborhood near you. Well, that day will become the Jesus AR-15 podcast. Yeah, and we will have a lot to say before we get arrested by the secret police. Uh, thank you so much for listening, everybody. Uh with that, stay handsome, everybody. Reste beau, tout le monde, and send them black helicopters. <laughs>